0: So, this is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause.
1: Game over, man. Game over.
0: Welcome
2: to the Sci Fi Diner podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And good evening. I'm Miles P. McLaughlin.
0: I'm
2: And I am Dave Sellers. And we are saying M tonight, because M's at her job. But she hasn't been with us for a while. When was the last time M was on? I know, it feels like a lot. So, but hey, it's great to be back and chatting with each one of you about what is going on in our sci-fi world. a hey, hold it. Has this been a couple of months for Geeks? Let me tell you that. A good, good couple of months. Yeah, a great couple of months. And so I'm looking forward to talking... About that. Miles, what do we have going on in the sci fi diner menu tonight? So,
3: we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in sci fi world, enjoying some of this great uh, sci fi goodness last couple months. Um, maybe share a little thoughts on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, Thor Love and Thunder trail lo- trailer that comes out July 8th. Thor uh, goes back. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, there's a Black Adam trailer. That movie comes out October 21st. Um, some of us are watching Stranger Things and the Umbrella Academy. And we have a great interview to share with our listeners. Yeah. Did you mention Kenobi? Oh, I forgot to mention Kenobi. We must talk about Kenobi. Yeah, Kenobi is oh. our top in the list. Top in the list. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: So uh, let's go into our uh, what's going on in our sci-fi world. And Jen, I know that you really want to talk. And uh I thought that we would give you the floor to get started tonight.
1: Well, I haven't been around since January, and I will admit that I was a recovering book addict and I fell off the wagon. So I read probably over at this point over 50, 60 books. Um so I'm not <laughs> sure which ones to all share. Um, but I'll, I'll just highlight the ones that I really liked. Um, so one that really surprised me, because it's not usually my, it's not my usual, but it was nice. Um, to the Sky Kingdom, it was by, I'm sorry, I took German. I'm terrible with pronouncing anything other than English or German words. So I think it's Tangqui, it's a Chinese name. I believe it's Chinese. T-A-N-G first name Q-I um really enjoyed it for the Chinese um mythology and culture um then Enchantment by Orson Scott Card is just hysterical I loved it lots of laughing um along with I read a lot of um Terry Pratchett which also like hysterical um if you like surrealism, then you absolutely have to read Paranisi, um, a lot, which is by Susan Clark, who wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norwell, which I also read, um, and then The Starless Sea and the Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, absolutely wonderful for surreal fantasy fiction, um, read, literally reread all of Robert Jordan, which was my gateway drug to this madness that I have fallen down into. Um, If you like prose, I do mean beautifully, beautifully written story. Like the words are just gorgeous on the page. Then you have to read Lore by Alexandra Bracken, which also has a lot of Greek culture. Um, And I believe the author herself comes from a Greek family. So really awesome. Um, The same with Circe is another Greek... um, Thing. Read rising trilogy. I have been absolute death on the whole dystopian trilogy nonsense. I don't like them. It was really like, nope, not reading another one. Someone really recommended it to me. Absolutely loved the trilogy by Pierce Brown. Um, the second trilogy, yeah, not so much as much. Um then I read the classic at this point, Jurassic Park. Um, because I was like, why not? It really just kind of follows the movie, so. Um, to be taught if if fortunate is a very interesting science fiction, um, by Peggy Chambers, which is just exploring basically, it's just almost like a, I want to say it's like a thought experiment as to what would go into exploring foreign alien worlds, but it was just very interesting from sheer science perspective. If you're tired of all the Greek and Norse, then, um, you could try The Stardust Thief. I really, by Chelsea Abdullah, wasn't that interested. Like, I didn't care too much for the actual thing, but I did really like the um, difference of Middle Eastern culture, which has also led me to The Haunting of Tramcar D15, which is a novella. Um, goodness gracious. So many books. Um, oh, Read the Richer really good if you like um it's a wonderful life then the midnight library is definitely for you um by matt Haig. but it does a lot of like quantum um mechanics theories in it so it's like wonderful life meets quantum mechanics so that was fun um
2: any any good time travel stuff in there
1: uh i don't know that it's necessarily time travel but it's definitely like alternative dimension timeline sort of stuff so it's really fascinating um and philosophical. So I definitely liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, finally read ready player one. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that like, I also finally read Mistborn. I was not impressed. I was actually very disappointed because everyone kept telling me how good it was, but did you ever
2: read any, did you read the whole series or just the first book?
1: I read the first two books and then stopped. Cause I was just, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm not interested in this anymore um
2: his his stormlight series is better but uh, mistborn is like a gateway for a younger audience
1: yeah if you if you like so this is what i learned if you like world building you will love brandon sanderson if that is your if that is your thing that is not necessarily my thing like i like world building to a point but i prefer character development which is what, one of the reasons why I really, really, really loved the Red Rising trilogy was because the character development and that was so good, um, and not just like the main character, but like all the side characters also had their own like story arcs and development, and it was really interesting because it was a trilogy that had the feel of um, more epic fantasy in terms of like having all these different arcs. Is that, that the one? Really- is that the
2: one with Darrow? as the main character? Yes,
1: I really liked it. Um, which surprised me because I did not go into it expecting to like, like it as much as I did. Um,
2: I had to, I, that that's, that's the book. I only read the first two, but that's a book that I got within three chapters to the end. And I had to stop. Really? I had, I had to stop when he's there and he takes the knife and rams it down through the jackal's hand. At that point, Whatever was going on in my life at that time, I felt I'm like this is too intense for me, and I walked away from it for a month and a half before I picked it back up.
1: Oh, see, I I liked it, um, but not him driving a knife into my hand. However, I was just like, it was a yeah, good that, book.
2: It was good. It was it, good. But
1: it was, and I was like, yeah, th- this seems like a perfectly legitimate, you know, trauma response to everything that's led up to this. So yeah, this is, you know, I think that's why I liked it was because there was a lot of I want to say, like, it was psychologically sound to me, like, yes, I could see these people doing these, making these decisions, making these choices, and it's not necessarily presented as, like, good or justified. It's presented as, like, this is a human being in this environment. Here's how they would react.
2: This, so this, just, if, if this, guys, if this a movie, R-rated all the way. Oh, yes. I mean.
1: Yes. But I would totally watch it. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. If you liked Red Rising tr- trilogy and you want a more... Feminist version plus retelling of the history of the Empress Wu. I just finished Iron Maiden. Um by oh I'm going to totally mispronounce her name.
2: Great band.
1: ziren J. <laughs> <Bao>. <laughs> um, not Iron Maiden, Iron Widow. Good lord.
2: She she I, I like Iron <laughs> I like Maiden better.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's Iron Widow Sorry I like I keep calling it Iron Maiden It's totally not
2: yeah.
1: um, I don't know why I'm doing that But yeah um,
2: well, It sounds like there's a lot of books That you had in your docket there as you said
1: Oh my gosh and I'm like not even I'm sure there's ones that I probably missed Because I've yeah. just been doing nothing but read um, But I have watched some stuff I watched the um, movie Bell, Which is an anime
2: Fantastic
1: Yes. Not the best movie looking.
2: ever, but good.
1: Oh, gorgeous though. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. It's a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. I just mwah. um watched a Netflix He-Man, Demon Slayer. Um, I also went back and rewatched Escaflone. I was on an anime kick, can I say? Um, I wa I rewatched the 80s classic Willow, which they just dropped yes. a trailer for some sort of series on Amazon for it. I have mixed. I have so many feelings about (laughs) it and I'm not sure what to do with them. Um, Watch Witcher season two, Stranger Things season four, watch some Kenobi. I forgot if I said Demon Slayer. I also watched Arcane, which is
2: fantastic. I
1: I know. I just, I really liked it. Um,
2: Did you watch, did you ever watch uh, Violet Evergarden?
1: No, but it's on my list of things to
2: it is it is, it is a must. It was recommended by a student. I ended my school year watching that and did not regret it. So.
1: Well, I have thoroughly decimated the library's ebook collection to the point where I've either have books that I won't read because I'm just not interested in them at all. Like I read the first book of the series, I'm like, no um and which I didn't cover here because there's no place I don't like them um, or books that I've already read. I'm like, I'm not interested in reading this again. Or, and so I'm now left with like the Duke classics. So I guess I'll go read old school science fiction. Unless y'all know how that
2: works. goes. Yeah, okay. um, Dave, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world, Dave? Like, I'm not going to take a lot of time with this because it is a blessed time. In my sci fi world here. And we're going to talk about everything that I've been into here tonight. You know, Kenobi, Strange New Worlds, Orville, Stranger Things, uh, uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. So I'm not going to get too much into it right now, but I am looking forward to talking
3: to this stuff with you guys yeah, here yeah. coming up.
2: Yeah. Miles, how about you?
3: So my list is very similar to Dave's Strange. I'm enjoying Strange New Worlds, uh, Superman. And Lois, they have the season finale uh, on tonight. I'll probably catch you tomorrow. I'm enjoying Stranger, enjoyed Stranger Things this past season. I'm enjoying the Oroville, uh, the boys, um, although I'm ashamed of myself. Um, Kenobi, of course, uh, watched the first episode of the Umbrella Academy. I finished reading uh, this time travel novel called Past Lives. Uh, this this uh, man and woman, um, they're not a couple, but they, um they're 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 traveling through time by when they 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 their consciousness kind of like downloaded into somebody when they die, they kind of reincarnate into somebody else and they kind of explore the whole Jack the Ripper uh thing. So kind of like life in in England back then. I'm currently reading a time travel novel called B uh Relive by KG Nelson. And the idea is um there's some people that um when, when they die, they, uh, they reset to another time in their life. And, um, it explores uh, what, you know, what, uh, what this one person discovers that he's this immortal that can reset and him trying to, um, um, fix some past mistakes. So that, that's what I've been enjoying.
2: That sounds awesome.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I will say in my world, I will have to say that uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Kiefer and I watched that this this week. And I don't know that it was on the docket for us to talk about tonight, but I will say that um that uh Kiefer is across from me giving it high thumbs up. I did enjoy it and I loved the advent of the I forget her name but Wanda. the Wanda. the the inter interdimensional inter, the America. interdimensional lady that can cross dimensions um, I thought that she was a phenomenal addition and and I'm kind of kind of sad that they sort of have written Wanda out of the cinematic universe but uh, I guess there's all these alternate dimensions that we could bring her back from and um, I was sad that we did not see vision in this, but Hey, um, uh, I did like this and there were some funny moments overall the David, any, uh, any other thoughts on that? Since it's not necessarily the thing we're discussing tonight, but uh, look, it's, it was a great movie as with anything, when you start pulling this multiverse stuff with me, historically generally that's when I start to pull back a little bit because eh, I like continuity as far as my obsessive-compulsive disorder um but yeah you're right with Wanda I mean it, it, it takes I should say my biggest problem with it is it, with all the alternate universe stuff it takes it has the potential to take a hero's story and kind of flip it on end if they die at the end eh, that's okay we'll bring one from another alternate universe. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it, 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 lessens a lot of that for me.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm with I, yeah. Dave on that. Cause it, it kind of removes like consequences. Yes. It's, it's like, when it's like, Oh, it's, it's fine. Like, we'll just undo it. Like what? Yeah. I mean, then sacrifice doesn't really mean anything. Defeating the villain. Oh, well, we'll just bring another one back. it's like, what, what's the point? Like, why do I care anymore? Cause it stops mattering right.
2: Yeah. I think the, so, uh, And I think that's probably uh, my issue a little bit with it. Although, I don't know. In in this one, um, the idea, there being multiverses, and they did tie it, this did tie neatly into the WandaVision series. Her desire to be with her kids um, was strong enough to say, I need to be, I looked into other dimensions, I've seen it with other kids, and my questions are, I guess that must mean that she is with Vision, who is notably absent. Um, and uh, and then I said, okay, um, if these kids were just wish fulfillment in WandaVision, then how is this? the? Case? And then I guess you would argue that this wish fulfillment was really a relic of the multidimensionals, what they would argue. I think right. probably in this. So all in all, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun watch. It certainly beat, uh, there certainly were many, many worse movies in the Marvel Universe than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch at his, is, continues to be at his best in this. And, uh, he was, it was a strong, solid go for this, as was the, the female counterpart that we had here. That was kind of, uh, not WandaVision. With the other girl that he was kind of traveling with, um, America something or other. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. The Americas whatever it is, um, which I love the whole Captain America symbolism kind of in that. Um, um I guess uh, that that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. Any other thoughts, Dave? Before I move on to some other things, on my list.
3: I no. thought so. I. I... I, I enjoyed it as well. And I, I like that um the, they're trying I mean, we there's that scene. I mean the movie's been out in theater, so it's okay we spoil it, but we saw, you know, you know, Professor Xavier, we saw um oh, Mr. Yeah. Fantastic, we saw um uh Black Bolt and we saw um Amos Marvel. So even even though we know what happened to them in the movie, you know, maybe we'll see another one of them in Maybe we'll see the X-Men who went in a Marvel movie sometime.
2: Well, that no, they were all they were on they were from a different universe, so it's quite possible in our universe we'll see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um,
3: yeah. And I thought Wanda was a sympath- sympathetic villain. I mean she wasn't uh, Yeah, you understood why she was doing what she was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also on my list, so
2: Kiefer and I are watching Ms. Marvel, the more teen oriented uh show on Disney and um uh interesting take because of course and I, and I followed the comic when it came out. It followed a more Islamic uh superhero uh, of New Jersey. Um and um he plays this character of of Ms. Marvel and the premise is interesting. The way they shoot it is interesting and the way they the way they transition and the way they incorporate walls to show dialogue and it's very interest. it's done in a very interesting way and definitely geared toward like a cw style audience uh so younger younger teens like probably more middle teens kind of running through it would be that would be that that would be my guess with that one but Kiefer and i are really really enjoying ms marvel um, i think right are we caught up in that uh, I, I, I think, think we're caught so. up in it. There Go might ahead. have been an, there might be an episode that drops tomorrow that we'll probably continue to watch. So I think you are dropping on the Disney schedule of dropping things. I like the accents. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? I like the accents of like that different culture of yeah. Arabian. It's really yeah. Like, so Kiefer saying how he likes the cultural accents in it as well. Um, then I think let's see, we're watching that. Um, definitely watch Kenobi. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. I'm, I watched the first two episodes of Orville, so I'll be happy to talk about that. To talk to and I, what was that? We got in with that the So, and listen, uh, you're not in the podcast here, so yeah, you need to stop interrupting. So then the other, uh, and then the other one I watched is, so it's Worlds. I watched the first couple episodes of that, so I am behind on on that one um, as well. And then I'm continuing to read The Furies of Cauldron, and is there anything else that I'm doing right now? I believe that's it. Oh, in the vinyl world, I just picked up the Mist soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, so, yes. So I, I owned that on CD, and there's a lot of nostalgia that gets wrapped up in that music and the atmospheric music of that. Like the so. old game Mist? The game missed. They just released the soundtrack soundtrack.
1: on
2: so that one is that's coming out. And so I'm very excited about that.
1: So now I'm gonna have to go replay Mist just. Yeah, there
2: you go, because
1: of that. Well now the music is all in my head. So like what else am I supposed to do? I've got puzzles to go
2: solve. Oh you do need to solve those puzzles. So there you go. That's uh, my sci-fi world. So there you have it. So, why don't we leap into talking about the thing that is on everyone's mind since it just wrapped up last week? And that is Kenobi. So, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, our thoughts, our feelings about the whole series. And, um, Jen, I know you have not watched the entire thing. Um, feel
1: like feelings. <laughs> you have know, feelings.
2: But I'm going to say that you have to watch it to its penultimate conclusion because there are some things it does deliver on and there are some things that might frustrate you. But, um,
1: frustrated me like the first three, four episodes. I mean, yeah.
2: I'm already salty. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> so shock, shall we, we show
1: so
2: Dave open. Miles, we let Jen go first off the hook, or do what do you guys want to go first this time?
1: They they'll go first. It's fine.
2: Okay. Are we gonna have a problem tonight, Jen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we might. We might. Do
1: we, we might do we have a problem?
2: There might be oh, some no. there might be some aggressive negotiations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, no. Negotiations with the lightsaber. Uh, so, uh, this my Miles, idea. let's get your perspective on this first. What did you think okay.
3: of Kenobi? The first episode, I felt like I kind of had to slog through it. It just seemed to go, it was very slow. Um, it picked I, up I, right I, away. I know the thing that you really enjoy was seeing
2: Obi-Wan cutting meat. Off the card. That, that was the thing you wanted. Like time and time again, you want that repeated again and again.
3: I don't. I just just like, you know, when when's the action going to pick up here? And then it did as soon as the Inquisitors landed, and then it did as soon as uh, Bail Organa uh, contacted uh, uh, Kenobi. Um, you know, that that was my experience. The first episode, you kind of had to slog through it a little bit, but after that, oh my gosh, did it, did it take off? Um, I loved Little Leia. I think she she's brilliant. Um, I, I like, you know, Riva has been a, kind of a controversial character. I liked her. I hated her too. I mean, I mean, she she's she, she was she played a great villain, and yeah. she did it with a little uh, with a little redemption, Ooh. and with with some redemption at the end. Uh, I thought it was br- the twist was brilliant that she's trying to. Get on Vader's good side so she could have her revenge after what happened. Um, but she's willing to do some, you know, she's willing to sell out some Jedi to do it, though. Um, but I like Kenobi's arc. I thought it was interesting that, you know, this, I mean, I've heard uh, this described as Kenobi getting his groove back. Um, I mean, he's been on okay. Tatooine for 10 years and um, obviously, you know, he's using
2: the force.
3: No, he's not. He's kind of lost his mojo and, you know, he's, you know, um, a simple but honorable, um, job as, as a butcher. Um, but no, I thought that was interesting that, you know, he kind of lost his edge. Um, I thought, uh, Vader, Vader kicked ass in this. I thought that one scene where Vader catches the one ship with the force. <laughs> oh, that entire
2: that entire scene was like Vader <laughs> to the map. But then, but then after that, when Vader and Kenobi go
3: after, oh my gosh, both of them <laughs> so good! Wow, so good. Right. So, I, I enjoyed it eventually. I, I mean, if you are if you haven't seen it yet and you're a Star Wars fan, you need to watch it. Um, I don't know if it needs a second season, but I, I thought it did a good job kind of filling in what, what, what's been going on with Kenobi for a while and kind of what leads up to, you know, episode four. I think because four. of
2: how well it did for Disney, there is some aggressive
3: negotiations to make that happen. I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, if, if, if there's a season two of Kenobi, I'm there, but... I don't necessarily think there needs to be because it's gonna lead up to you know Kenobi being more of the age of Alec Guinness, but you know, depend depending on how what they do with the next if they do what they do with the next series. Um but no, I I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Dave.
2: This is the best Star Wars that has been put out since return of the jedi in my humble opinion <laughs> to me this vindicated the prequels to me absolutely the, the, this this brought everything together the, the biggest tragedy in all of this is that potentially this is the last time we see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. You, his performance in this is second to none. If he's not getting an award somewhere here, this coming award season, then the whole thing is a sham and should be burnt down to the ground because it's horseshit. Sorry. Um, <laughs> The, the the interaction, and, and that was the biggest thing. Every worry that I had when we discussed this the last show before it aired, every worry that I had by, yeah, by episode two, certainly by episode three, was thrown right out the door and, and was locked in its grave by the end of this show. It was so terrific. You're right. Little Leia just. Between her and you, and they stole the freaking show. Her her performance was so, I could picture Carrie Fisher playing this child at a a younger age and seeing this character go up. And that final episode, that final episode, when she strapped on that holster in her little princess dress and everything, just, oh, it it just stabbed me in the heart. It it, it hit there. And I'm not going to lie. I don't. I rarely ever show emotion other than excitement or anger, but the, the emotion that last episode got me when Obi-Wan is kneeling next to her and telling her, you know, these qualities you got from your mother, these you got from your father. It was just such a touching, a touching scene that my, I started welling up like a little baby. I, it, it was so damn good. I I gotta go I gotta watch it a second time straight through with no no weekly gap in between just to try to get another fill of it. But I was talking this over with another buddy of mine who is an even bigger Star Wars fan, I think, than any of us put together, honestly. And we were talking about the scene in that in that Barren Planet, the final showdown between with Vader and Obi-Wan and how freaking awesome it was seeing vader actually dueling in a non-robotic fashion where he just kind of stands there and swings his saber out with one hand he's actually getting into it and going that was to me that was the the best lightsaber scene next to the mustafar duel between those two it was so dang good oh i I, i'm still trying to keep put it all together and, and make sense of everything it was just that overwhelmingly good yeah yeah i think for me the uh i i I echo everything that both you have said about this show because um and i agree that there was a sense of a lot of setup happening in the first episode and so a little bit of a ponderousness in that uh although i literally squealed when flea showed up and i was like (laughs) it's flea from the red hot chili peppers and i was like there he is, and I knew he was. I'd seen some news come down that he was going to be, and I he did a fantastic job in that character. Um, and uh, I love the uh, you know the the second episode when Hugh McGregor's real daughter comes up and offers him the whole spice, um, and that, that whole thing with him. You get the sense of him like trying to recapture some of his force abilities that he's kind of let laid, laid, laid dormant. Um. I love Leia saying, well, you can make things float, make me float, make me float then, you know? And the whole petulousness is coming out of that and the discovery that Anakin is still alive. Like that revelation at the oh. end of that second episode, like it was just, number one, the PTSD is dealing with in those first two episodes of uh, what happened to Anakin and then dealing with the ramification that this guy is still alive is fantastic. Fantastic. And then, like, the next episode, when we actually get to see uh, Vader uh, come and fight, and the duel is absolutely terrible. Like, Obi-Wan is clearly not in his game, and Vader clearly has the upper hand. Um, And then to spiral that into the next future episodes, when you see what we see with Obi-Wan you're seeming to be covered up and then coming out of that in full force and literally everything is being hurled and what an iconic scene when you see like Vader there with half his helmet ripped off and you see the scarred face of Vader's of, of Hayden Christensen's face there and it's ah it's just it's just fantastic and what an iconic image of that as Obi Wan walks away from his Padawan. Um, wow, I, I you, know, you just really can't say it enough. And, and the dialogue in that scene between those two, is where he's fantastic. telling him, "No, Anakin is dead. And I killed him." And it, just the realization on Obi Wan's face that he's truly gone. Well, and and also that. Obi Wan's been blaming himself yes. all these years, and for the first time, Anakin says, "Oh no, it wasn't you. I'm the one that killed him." And it, it, it freed him up to to meet the, the special guest at the end of the fir- of the end of that last oh, episode. Absolutely. And <laughs> how much how many times throughout the series when he talks to his old master? Are you expecting him to show up? Yeah. And then at the very end, they deliver. Delivered. And, and holy Hannah, do they deliver on that? I am and the only thing missing was I really wanted young Luke to be whining about something. That was it. <laughs> he needed to be whining about something, not power wanna. converters. About whining about something else. It's clearly a throw-off to that line from power converters, a tossy station. You know, it's something he just needs to be whining, and he wasn't.
3: But so, what was maybe um, really understated, but what I, but I, what I, what I really observed was the actor who played um, uh, o, Owen. Yes, and Jeff he, Sorry, his transformation of. Uh, you know he well, one he's just he 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 loves Luke and he wants to protect him but and to do that he wants to keep Obi Wan away from him. Right. And um just his um feelings about the Jedi and everything like that. That that's to me that foreshadows who you see Owen in is in, in episode four.
2: Right. Yes.
3: Is, um, but but also the vitriol that you saw
2: in Owen at the beginning of this series has been tempered somewhat. Because when you do see him in New Hope, you get the sense that oh, he's that crazy guy at the edge of the Dune Sea, but you don't get the 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 hatred necessarily from that. It's more or less oh, he's just some crazy guy. Kind of dismisses him, but not the anger that you're getting in the Owen early. So uh, that was the that arc, right? Ah, oh, just uh, Jen. I don't even think you could ruin this for me. Yeah. I, 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 I feel I, like we
1: watched a completely different show.
2: I think because I, I, think, like,
1: I, I, I think I you like just did different- you
2: you apparently did not watch
1: I get, did I get show? a bootleg version from China? Is that what happened? It must
2: be. Must be. Like
1: maybe maybe to play like some puppet figures on the screen. I'm like, what <laughs> is <this> crap?
2: <laughs> Jen, uh what's the uh, what so uh what's going on with you and Kenobi here? Because I feel like that uh we need to work on our relationship here a little bit.
1: I I didn't like it,
2: Shame. Uh, y- um, y- y- d- 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 Now us talking about it, do you want to like watch the final episodes? Because I think maybe you should, and then we come back and revisit
1: this. <sighs> this is homework. Are you giving it is,
2: me this homework? Is, this is homework. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mind? Summer is here. <laughs> it's not homework in the summer. No. Um. It's also a lie too. I was told after grad school what wouldn't have to do any more homework. That's a lie. Kiefer, you will have to do homework the rest of your life for work. That's right. Um,
2: That's right. Homework (laughs) never
1: ends. You have to write papers, have to write case reports, do presentations, Ah, speech writing. Um, Anywho. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I mean, things, things that I liked. I mean, I liked the exploration of PTSD. I liked some of that other stuff um i get why they had to have the inquisitors i hated the inquisitors from the start when they got introduced in that other show and i was just like what is this crap um <laughs> yeah rebels i was just what is this what is this bs like what where did this come from why do we have this this is so stupid moving on um so i i just i just accepted it but really i think like did me in was I to it? Was it episode can, three can,
2: or four? Be, be, before we get to that, let's talk about the Inquisitors a little bit. I just am a little bit know. I'm a little bit apt to, to stand with Jed in this a little bit. Now, I understand the role in this show, but when Order 66 goes down, they allude that every single Jedi has been killed. Well yeah. I, except I have, for I except question. for Except for Obi Wan
1: and Yoda, right? And I and I just have a question. And this just it, it just started bothering me recently. How did the clones know not to kill Anakin? How do they know? Because up until that point, he's Jedi, kill Jedi. Like, was there a memo that got sent out? Is there like an Order sixty seven that says no. like kill all Jedi and Anakin, or is there an Order sixty six that says kill all Jedi but Anakin? Like, yeah. did that? Well,
3: go? went stiff, bro.
1: But how would they know that he went Sith? Like, how are they? They're just clones brainwashed into the like.
3: But
2: keep in mind. Did a memo go out? No, no. Well, in a sense. But Palpatine had planned this out. So I'm guessing. For was, years.
1: So my my theory, my fan theory is there was an order that said kill all Jedi, but Anakin. And there was yes. another order that said kill all Jedi and Anakin. That is my theory. Well, Some only explanation.
2: Well, no, because <laughs> they were pla Because Palpatine was planning to to subvert Anakin from the Phantom Menace. Yeah,
1: right. So, so, the, so his plan
2: all must along was must have been he, he Kill had Jedi by had,
1: Anakin. He had no.
2: He had no. He had no other plan but that Anakin would join him. Like Anakin. Well, so what are was the other
1: sixty five or sixty five orders? Because I think that he had a contingency plan for a lot of things.
2: Maybe. Oh, well, maybe it's possible. Yeah.
1: This is my head cannon. You're not taking it from me,
2: but <laughs> but yeah, they, um, they allude to that. That's in seriousness, the, though, yeah, that that's the theory to kill and have all the Jedi killed. But even someone like Palpatine would know it's not. Good, there, there's so many of them that it's not going to be possible to eliminate them all at once. Well, well and, and, you have, and, and where did people, they go in episode people, four? And people will be still becoming force sensitive right 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 so in episode four they're all going to be like obi-wan and yoda who are hidden away trying to survive because there's not enough of them and they know they're going to be targets
1: well where were they to help train luke what what is this nonsense they
2: didn't know luke was alive only obi-wan and anakin and bail or or obi-wan yoda and bail organa knew anakin and leia and who they were
1: no, 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 no. This this that that's all fine. After episode four though, and episodes five and six, there should have been more than one Jedi.
2: But not necessarily.
1: Well, where did they go? Well, so, they're, so, they're hiding. so
2: first of all, the Empire well, they- the Empire is like, not advertising right. the Empire is not advertising Luke's existence. Right? Well, and so true. they would have to join. These other Jedi would have to join with
3: the Rebel Alliance, but they which...
1: did in Rebels.
3: So I just thought of something. Only one. You know, why did the, why why did the clone troopers not kill um, Anakin? It's because the Emperor ordered, the, ordered them to follow his orders. I'm sending my apprentice Darth Vader um, to take it to carry out Order sixty six. So they they had they they had that order, but from the Emperor to um, you know obey Anakin. So they, just knew,
1: so they just looked at him and said, this guy looks lawful. I can again, but you're telling me he's Earth Manor now, so I guess we're going with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's that fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, it works right. It was
1: his evil twin brother. Ought to be everyone else. That's in in
2: right. the words of Elam Garrick, best not to dwell on such minutiae. <laughs> 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 to cross streams there. Uh, but so so he would so he would need somebody to hunt down. The whatever right. Jedi remnant or force sensitive remnants left. right, And what better way to do that than co- you know, your own seeing... force sensitives to go? We just need another general grievance. That's it. Well, oh. I just,
1: <coughs> <coughs> and then, like, where, where, are, well, <laughs> and where are the Inquisitors when Luke shows up? Like, what? There's so many. I'm like, oh, this is, just, I don't know. Like, I, the, I have the, problems the, with
2: it. And he wipes them out. Rebels, Clone Wars. They they end up getting rid of all the Inquisitors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they go through the revenge revenge revens them. Yeah, they might.
1: Convenience, convenient contrivance. Um, which is kind of like my main problem with them is I'm like, this just seems like a really convenient contrivance because you wanted Jedi in this thing and we really couldn't have it, so we're just gonna make crap up. Which I get is mostly what story (laughs) is.
2: Well, but but let's argue this just a little bit here. Did you hope? Uh the fact that Obi-Wan's in the Death Star is a surprise to Darth Vader. Like he's he's not expecting Obi-Wan to be there. He is also not expecting Luke to be force sensitive until he's tracking him down the trench run and his little thing goes off and suddenly, like, oh look, there's another Jedi here I gotta deal with. And then by or the next movie, the by point. the next movie, he figures out that it's his son. Like and well, so no, the he's amortism. not gonna He's not going to be sicking an Inquisitor on his son, especially if there's a chance that he can be turned. So That's even true. if the Inquisitors are around, they aren't going to be pursuing. But it looks like at this time, the Emperor has kind of resorted to bounty hunters, if I knew him. So mm-hmm.
1: and, Which is why I'm like, well, where'd they go? What, like there's, I guess one of those things where I, I really am like, what is the precedent in the that and I'm sorry. The original three are the source material, and sometimes I feel like these newer stuff go like way too. And I think it's where like my a lot of my faultiness comes from. And then like, you've now drifted kind of so far. And I get they're like, oh, well, it's new stuff. I'm like, yeah, but, but just because it's
2: not just because it's not talked about in the original trilogy doesn't mean it's not around, right? The universe is a big place. Yeah, it is, and we're focused on just like. Tatooine and that's no moon. Uh, you know that's kind of that's kind of what we're kind of rather really like, Oh, we're we're on but Endor there, now. But there
1: are hints. But there are hints in dialogue, in in like the way things are presented that makes you go, I'm not exactly sure that that is what you would be saying and thinking and doing if this all was going on in the background. And so it's just one of those things where I'm just like, this just doesn't jive with me like and even like you're talking about he stops a ship with the force and this is and that's been my problem with a lot of this newer stuff i'm like in the original three it wasn't nearly as showy and big and all this like magic wizard stuff and i'm just like there's this power drift that i'm just like scratching my head going okay so if you could do all of that why didn't you do that over here i mean but, like what's they-
2: because it boils down to a, 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 a. As far as that goes, one of the creeds that the Jedi always had, and I think, I forget if it was Qui Gon or Obi Wan, even said to Anakin or even somebody else, because you have this kind of power, the real test of it is not using it. So. Yeah, in fact, that was in Clone Wars. It was a Jedi talking to his 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 apprentice in that. I just watched it again last night. So when you're not seeing a Jedi grabbing a ship and pulling it down, they may not have had that ability. When you started in the mythology, when you're getting to someone who is dark side capable, they are so focused on their power and their rage and focusing that that it gives them a different level of strength.
1: Yes. So my. Point is why am I not seeing Vader doing some of the stuff in because, the other?
2: Because because in a new home. in a new hope, he's
1: old. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> he's, he's tired. Well,
2: and, and to be fair, we didn't
1: have this morning coffee. Together.
2: he, he hasn't has <laughs> he, he been. He has a tractor beam now, so he doesn't need to be grabbing a ship. He's
1: like, you know, guys, I'm just tired. You
2: know what happens like when society? Re- you know what happens when society relies on technology too much? You lose so the ability.
1: So that's he what got it a is. got off my star! <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. ends up with a tennis ball in the end of his lightsaber. <laughs>
1: but like that's uh, Yeah, that's where like I start being like. And even when he's like dragging Kenobi through the flames, I'm like, okay, like oh, now he's like on the that other side. I'm like, cool. you. you yeah. Or he go, like, I'm like, all right, bad boy, just jump over. I, I will know admit, can. I will admit, my boys can't jump, apparently.
2: <laughs> After watching Obi Wan, Mustafar, and that battle, the first time I see Vader and Obi Wan fight, I'm sorely disappointed, in Obi Wan. However, I totally understand why he's not, because he hasn't been practicing for 10 years. So, hold it, he's not going to fight. Is- but by the end, that's my Obi-Wan, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, so... I'm just
1: saying I, that Vader would not have just been like, oh, I've been shut at, and now I will let him go. Like, fuck, you pull that sucker here, and you choke the fourth, and dead. Boom, lightsaber, done.
2: You got to think chess and not checkers.
1: He—he's Sith. I don't think that's happening.
2: Well, yeah. but it is. But it is. Palpatine has been that way the whole time.
1: But Anakin has never been.
2: Now, Anakin, Anakin has does never not, been.
1: Anakin does not play chess.
2: No, but but there's always, and See, a, a, and and Palpatine time, and, Palpatine is still calling the shots, as we saw. Oh wait, you didn't watch that far. I'm sorry, Jeff.
1: So so here's my question. Like, do you really mm-hmm. think he legitimately would have listened to him? I mean, come on. It's Anakin. Does he have a yes. listen? No. Well,
2: can you the fear, fear the is mic- a good motivator, too? You know, if he knows his big thing with the reason he never listened to Obi-Wan was because he got fed this whole line from the beginning that he's the chosen one, that he's gonna be the most powerful. That he's gonna be the guy. He he had typical Philadelphia Flyers syndrome. Okay. You get the media and everybody hyping you up, talking about how you're good you're gonna be, and then you come out and you wind up not being able to live up to expectations, and it starts getting you a little more angry. Okay. And, and you start not wanting to listen, you start trying to prove yourself, and you start making mistakes and you start heading down that path. When he turned over straight from, from the beginning in episode three. Where he knelt down in front of Palpatine and started calling him master. That was when he started obeying this because Palpatine had a way of bringing him up and and, and creating that confidence in him that he is now the most powerful. He is the greatest Sith Lord now that's living in yada, 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 but kept enough of that control to keep him reined in to a certain degree to where he was still able to take his orders and follow Palpatine's plan, because there was always another agenda. There's always something else that you're striving towards. He's the Donald Trump in the Star Wars universe, playing 4D chess all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wasn't. I just wasn't buying. Like, if you, yeah. like, if you really wanted to let him go, like, why are you doing this? Just you clearly want to make him suffer. You're going to kill him, so just like, why? But, but are see, you, you didn't. Doing, you, like,
2: you really now. Here's here's a case. Where you really did not watch far enough because you find out in the subsequent episode that them being let go is intentional because they are trying to not just find Obi-Wan, but to find the beginning to the entire rebellion and that by letting him go and allowing him to be pulled away by the rebellion, they legitimately are tracking them to find the rebellion. And so it is a greater cause, and it is literally, like Dave said, a chess game. And so if you stop at that episode where he's being drawn through the fire and being let go, and that seemed too easy, that it's 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 like when they let the Millennium Falcon go the first time from the Death Star, but there's a tracker on it. You know, it's the as lame as that sounds. That's kind of the same thing they're doing here, but to find the whole rebellion. Invaders after it, and so it's it's all it's all intentional.
1: Yeah, also you, was not that fond of Leia as much. Everyone's like, oh, do this. I'm just like, okay, if she's as intelligent as as you're portraying her to be, she would know to keep her effing mouth shut instead of shouting, "Oh my god, everyone, look, as a Jedi! Like, what are you doing, you?" Dumb child. She's still a kid. She is a kid. She is, but then you portray her like. It just was inconsistent, but anyways, like I'm so smart well, and intelligent, but then I'm so stupid. I'm like, what is this about?
2: It didn't resonate. You, you gotta watch the rest of it. You do because you you only have half yeah. the story. Yeah, you only have half story, and you might still not like it, but you'll have a you'll have a more fleshed out reason why.
1: for me to go from Mandalorian to this. I'm just like, what is this? That's, oh,
2: but this, is, in my, my this opinion. Story? They are, not, it, they are not they are not on even playing fields. Like no. I, I love the Mandalorian, but 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 I love Kenobi on a whole different level. And it's higher. I, mean, than I the really,
1: I really love really? <sighs> I love the actor of Kenobi. I love the way he portrays things, all that other wonderful stuff. But uh oh, the rest of it, it's like what is this?
2: Oh, you gotta keep going, you yeah. You do, but on, no. but Dave Filoni will guide you. To <laughs> how, how,
1: <laughs> no, prefer, for those of you that
2: watched to the end, did you leap off of your couch when you saw Obi Wan's Master Shot? Oh, I, I, oh my god, yeah, oh my god. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> literally, uh, just an accurate reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, yeah. it was after all this report. Like, I'm never going to be doing Star Wars TV that I like. All oh, of that's coming down the week. And then, lo and behold, he shows up.
1: Yeah, and, and now an now actors lie. That's and the and, thing do now. and
2: if there is a season two, he better be a part of it.
1: Just oh, saying, I, I mean.
2: Know it. I mean
1: yeah, we Disney, paid them to lie to us, Disney, and then we're surprised when they lie to us. So we, Disney
2: did a fantastic job with this. It's not it's certainly not perfect, but it was really good. And this was it was better than any of the sequels that came out. And as Dave said, it brought legitimacy to the prequels and um and uh and and and, and kind of ties it neatly together and uh I really kind of now want to go back and watch the prequels and then watch Kenobi and then watch the original trilogy in that order. Because I think that would be great. maybe throw Rogue One in there just for good measure.
1: Yeah. I'll finish uh, it, but I'm not going to be happy about it.
2: <laughs> that's all we have. Okay. Eat all your right. I, I <laughs> <good for you. laughs> I'm
1: just like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't, I did not like, I didn't like the betrayal of like, their relationship wasn't really that interesting. I was like, Leia, I didn't really care for her that much, which is sad because I'm like, I really want to like her, but I just, uh.
2: But by the end of it, you you, you fall in love with her. It, like it I is. really
1: liked that zinger she had at the oh she that little crazy. party that was that was that was fantastic. Which one?
2: <laughs> the, oh, one yeah. the one after
1: when he's like,
2: she got some good ones.
1: It's like, well, then I guess I don't have to play to you.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love one. the illusion, and I almost missed this—a uh, throwback to the idea that Obi Wan's brother—that was that was brought up in that one side conversation they have. I think it's Episode Three when they're stranded on that planet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was apparently an allusion to something in lore that I was unaware of that Obi Wan had a brother. Yeah. I missed that one. Yeah, when you watch it again, Dave, I'm gonna man. watch it. Yeah, and I'm gonna watch it again and find that that it's actually literally a one off. But there's yeah. a, there's a whole backstory to Obi Wan's brother. Okay, and actually, the illusion is that Owen Lars is actually his brother. That's the illusion. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, so they have, and it's well, actually. Well, you
1: know, ironically, I did kind of look at the two actors. I'm like, you know, they kind of look similar. They, they do. Really look like they're and, and
2: and they never fleshed that out in the Star Wars universe in the, the the movie, but it is. It was apparently an idea that Lucas was toying with, and um, they could easily bring to fruition, and it wouldn't change too much to have that revelation happen. No, it, it, it wouldn't. So, Miles, you and I had a chance on the way. I, mean, I think this might have been our first interview. Um, um, second, I think it was our second one. Our first interview was with uh, Timothy Zahn. Oh, and so our second one was with Mara Jade. And we had a chance. So this is how dumb it was. Like, I saw this lady there, and I heard her name going in. I'm like, I don't know this lady from Adam. And the moment I saw her picture... Asmara Jade, all my childhood, teenage, young adult fantasies <laughs> were there, and I was like, I was like, okay, uh, this is who Shannon Lynn McGrandma is on every cover of every Timothy Zahn book that had. Oh my gosh, this was. The I
1: will. I will say I've always loved that character, strong female, exactly. Awesome. You know, and
2: this is one of the reasons why they should have done The Heir of the Empire as the original, you know, sequels to the uh, and, original trilogy. And it trilogy. really
1: was, you know, other, uh, like, there was Leia, and even though it was alluded to, you know, she was for force sensitive. I mean, you don't really, like, see that a whole lot, but jade that's who you saw. Oh, wow. You know, the the female Jedi, so which is what w- I grew
2: up was, with. she the one with the lightsaber, yet another force whip? user working for the Empire. I know, yes. imagine that. <laughs> yeah, what was she? The uh, was she the one with the lightsaber whip? I, think so. I,
1: don't,
2: I don't think
3: so. Know. I think, um, she was the Emperor's hand, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways,
1: but it wasn't like inquisitor nonsense,
3: yeah. So, but I.
2: But I did, I did love, I did love that character, and so the fact that we had a chance to meet the lady that was the model for that, and the fact that she had a table right beside Timothy Zahn didn't hurt either. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, literally, when I sat down to interview, it was then that I realized that I was like sitting across from my childhood crush. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's literally it. So Miles, how did this all happen when we, I mean, besides you having to carry the interview because I couldn't speak, how did this
3: happen? Sounds um, simple. I, I think we, we asked her assistant and then, you know, her assistant asked if she would be okay with just doing like a 10 minute interview. And, and she was very nice and very approachable. I thought she was that way with, with other fans coming to her table and everything. And, um, we, we, we had a very we had a very nice conversation with her and, you know, found out you know some personal things going on in her life and I, I hope uh, hope that's going well for her. Um, and you know, the, the whole her connection with Timothy Zahn. I mean, I think I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Timothy Zahn sort of handpicked her. I mean, to to, to be the personification of this character that he created. So um, I was,
2: and it was it was fantastic. And I believe you. Her con appearances is are are winding
3: down. Yes, so. she did say this was going to be one of her last ones. Yeah, yeah. So we were fortunate that we were, we were catching catching her when we did. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So yeah, it was it was a fantastic time. She gave the great interview, and uh, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy.
3: Sci-fi fans, we're at Shore Leave 2022, and we're hanging out with the lovely Ms. Sharon McRandall. Fans of the Star Wars novels, and particularly of Mary Jade, will recognize Ms. McRandall for her likeness was utilized on the book covers to help give the character life. Ms. Ms. McRandall, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, guys. So,
3: before the prequels came out, fans of Star Wars can only get more material from the novels. Also, before the prequels, there weren't many female characters. Mara Jade kind of was a trailblazer. Can you please tell us how you got to got to be the one to share your likeness to give life to the Mary Jade character.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. So Decipher uh, CCD Games came up with the idea to put Mar Jade um, on or into their, their CCD games and they were going to do a huge casting to uh, pick a girl that looked like Mara Jade was described in Tim Zahn's novels, and uh, the photographer that was hired for the job was local with Decipher, north of Virginia, and he had had worked with me. We had just started working together on some projects, the photographer and I, Uh, that's Mark Atkinson, and he said, hold on to Decipher, I think I might have the girl that you're looking." Or like call it crazy or karma or whatever, but I think I know who you're looking for. So uh, we actually, um, he found a picture that he had just shot of me. And uh, this is the picture that went across uh, Lucas, you know, George Lucas's desk. This is the picture that got me the job, and um, it's just, you know, from, from one picture that the same photographer took. They went, oh, oh, yes, that's Mara Jade.
2: And you can see that, like, right there. Right. You see the same positioning, right? Right.
0: It's very similar. So I think the the guys at Decipher went, you know, yes, and this saves us so much time and energy and money. She lives here, you know, so let's do this. So we did the original shoot, which was just uh, for two cards. It was for the, um, the dark side card, and then we did the light side card, which, you know, different things have happened with that. Um, and from there, it had such a wonderful, wonderful uh, exception into the community, and people loved card. It was a great card to play, you know, in the CCD. It was a fantastic card to play, so people were excited about that. And I did a lot of the Decipher Cons, which just people got riled up about. And um, Decipher and LFL thought, you know, well, okay, you know, let us. I prints, let's build this, let's kind of, you know, make something more out of this, and um, it just kind of went from there. I got to meet Tim Zahn at, uh, actually, at another shoot, which would have been this one, which is another CCG card, so he played Talon Card, and then at one point, we even had Steve Sansweet in there. Um, I'm totally blanking on the character he played, but... Uh-huh. But it was the three of us, and it was just a blast. And um, we kind of we kind of joked like the Marjane fans. It was the the picture that started a twenty year career. You know, one picture, and and we just made it work for twenty right. years. But that is. Tim's walk because he writes so incredibly well. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, we he chatted is, with him last night He it was is incredible a Genius. He's yeah. a freaking genius. So I read everything he's written and was able to kind of walk and talk because when you get into the bigger conventions, these people live and die for Star Wars. And it right. really is their their getaway, you know, right. for life. And to have someone, you know, not only just smile and be in the pictures but who can talk a Star Wars with that right. about the character um, helped me so much but it gave so much joy to the people who love Tim's work right. so I'm not sure what's going to happen with her you know, down the road where right. I mean, there's so many rumors and there's so many questions but um, what Tim wrote I consider to be part of the best written Star Wars that there is But everything he writes is amazing. Absolutely. So he really is responsible for all of this. Um, And I'm sure as you guys know, I've had health issues. So I am trying to get out of this um, just because I, I... i can't keep up anymore right um so i am trying to sell off this is what's here is what's left and i want everybody that wants a part of our day together before you right. know i can't do anything again.
2: right 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 yeah, yeah and you, so. you need, and you need to respect your body right respect your, your health right
0: yes you do and yeah. when it's telling you you can't do this anymore that's as much as it breaks my heart right right you know, i, I Always want to look at yeah. and see the little notes, you know. Hey, Jay. Yeah. Like, I love those. <laughs> right. I you know, I, right. I get them so often, and on bad days, just a couple of fans going, you know, hey, birthday. just sending you hugs and kisses. Um, you know, how's your dad today? Things like that. Right. I got an expanded family out of it. Right. So the whole entire thing has just been, it's truly been a blessing for me. So the, the Funny story is, my ex husband walked out on me on a Monday, and on a Friday, I got hired for this job. (laughs) So, if that's not the universe speaking, right? You know, then and then here we are. I mean, we're this is 2022. I was hired in 1999, and it's just been amazing, right? It's been absolutely amazing. And then to get to work with people like Timmy Zahn, oh, I know, know, and and, uh, all the places. That I've been. I mean, I have scrapbooks full of the amazing friends and, and Five of the first and you the, the cosplayers and, and all of that that I've met. And, and honestly, I don't think I could have gotten through a lot of my life without that. You know, like when right. the cancer started, it was they were all there every single day. My husband would just read letter after letter after letter, and it was it was amazing. That's awesome. So, this has been one of the single best part of my entire life.
2: That's awesome. Um, yeah, it so, is. So
0: it's, prior and, and to, I'm 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 very very blessed to have
2: had it. That's awesome. Day. So prior to Mar Jade, had you how aware were you of Star Wars?
0: Oh I was a huge Star Wars fan with the original three movies. Okay. So um first Stress Back, that poster was on my wall at the foot of my bed till I was 18 years old. <laughs> so I was when they came out. Right. And of course like every other kid, I saw I saw the first one, but I saw Star Wars thirteen times. Wow. I mean there was a movie theater club so we would just all walk over there and go see, you know, the movie. And then Empire, that that was it. That was when I started collecting the dolls and the cards, dressed up, you know. Oh my gosh, Princess Leia and every outfit she had, every Halloween, you know. Right. It just it was Easy. It was so much fun and everyone I knew loved it. You know, we all loved our Star Trek too, but this was just so new and exciting, and right. Princess Leia was such a badass, and it was just so much fun. Right. So we we really grew up, you know, with the original three movies being a big part of our lives, you know, back then in in the late 70s. And it was it was just a blast. You know, we'd all run Around
2: the mm-hmm. playground going pew 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah having <laughs> your lightsaber, S- right? lightsabers
0: lightsabers right uh, exactly So yeah. that's awesome yeah, yeah it is so fan to someone involved with it right. and always a fan you know from here out always a fan right yeah
2: So the fact that you've got to be a part of that for a little while of your life fantastic. is
0: fantastic it's um yeah. it's like pinch yourself
3: yeah, yeah. you know <laughs>
0: To a lot of people, this doesn't make any sense to them,
3: but... Star-, Star Wars
0: is a big universe, and you only have to say Luke Skywalker's wife, and then they're like, oh, "I know who you are," which is is really cool.
2: It's so unfortunate yeah. that they haven't brought her into the new. Well, you but know, maybe you never know.
0: Never say yes, never. No, because I would want Tim to be able to write that. Yes, and absolutely. He write that, I don't know that I want to see it, and I know a lot of people feel that way, a lot of people just want, but right. I think that that's a project that Tim has to have his hands on and in. Him. Right. So I'm in support if he's doing it, but otherwise, otherwise I, I like not Yeah. I, I, I
2: yeah. Well, thank well, yeah. Well, Thank you so much for chatting with Absolutely. us. We appreciate it. And, um, and, uh, we're, we're rooting for you too. Thank
0: you so much. So. Thank
2: you guys. All right. We are back here at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and we have one more thing we want to share from you or talk about before we go here tonight, and that is to watch this Black Adam trailers. Let me, uh, we're going to call this up, we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to talk about it. And so, if you haven't watched it, you can hear it here, but maybe stop the episode, you gonna watch it, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it. Black Adam. What have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me.
3: Over, War going, war going, war
2: going. Now, I kneel before no one. going
1: on outside, we ain't safe from.
3: In this world, there are heroes.
1: I feel the pain of my city wherever heroes. I go.
3: And there are villains. Heroes don't kill people.
2: Well, I do. My vision is shown meet the future. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world, or you can be its savior.
3: Behind you. you!
2: Did he just catch a rocket? He
3: got a rocket. <laughs>
2: Let's talk. Let's talk, Black Adam. Uh, the I rock's mean, coming to lay some smack down on someone else again. Uh, I know, right?
1: <laughs> I, I really it, do I, like just about anything he's in. So, you know,
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. right now I
1: have. So, like, thank you, Rock. Thank you. Yep.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks promising. Um, it's, it, and it, it's, he, he's a tweener. You're not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. What uh, is James started. Bond doing in this movie though? That's what I want to know. I know
1: protecting Britain, obviously.
2: Crossing the streams. No, apparently. Uh you yeah. know
1: It's a multiverse. Who knows? That's
2: right.
3: We, <laughs> we, can, have,
1: we can have James Bond and not multiverse. <laughs> oh.
3: Well it's cool as he's playing this, this superhero called Dr. Fate. So there's other Justice League superheroes. Uh, I saw Hawkman, I saw um the Atom. Mm-hmm. So there'll be other superheroes to see in this. So like I said, I, I I think it's got potential. Um, I will probably see it in theaters. Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts about black item? Hey, when it
2: comes to HBO max, I'll watch it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's the rock. I mean, I, I, I don't, I've been a fan of his since I was a teenager. So for a whole different reason though. Well, Oh, for a whole, a whole different, different reason. Way. But laying smack down no matter where he's at. Which is always he, great. He is, he's one of the reasons I watch the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, yeah. Just not because they're like... Like, if you analyze it, the plot terrible. But rock. It's a well,
1: I mean, even if it's a terrible movie, like, he is entertaining to watch. So I, I'm like, know. I'll I know. I know. <laughs> what's the work? I'll watch it.
3: The most yeah. electrifying
2: <laughs> performer in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, for you wrestling fans out there, you would get the reference. <laughs> I, I, I got
3: it, Dave. There yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um,
2: yeah.
3: Yes, a uh, pro wrestler, probably the, the best paid actor in all Hollywood right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
1: I, I still remember it was one. I forget which movie it was, but I distinctly remember Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in, yeah. tapping him on the shoulder, telling him to have fun, and walking off the screen.
3: I think it was called The Rundown. Yes,
1: and and then I was like, "Oh, oh, you're just like passing the torch, so we're mm-hmm. we're good."
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And
2: I can he's done a that.
1: phenomenal job with yeah. it. Yeah. Of, of oh, yeah. kind of like filling that niche that Arnold left when he left Hollywood. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. so I am looking for. I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward for uh, Black Adam. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you for putting that on my radar, Miles. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, you're very welcome. All right, well, I believe that about does it for the show. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and as we, as this episode, we spent trying to convince Jen she needs to finish Kenobi. So it's
1: salty about a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> we would love to hear your thoughts about Kenobi, and you can just share that into on our Facebook page, probably. Uh, you can uh, email us that would, that would work as well and we look forward to uh, chatting a little bit more about this in a couple weeks so I believe that's about it Miles why don't you take us out of the show
3: all right till next time good night and good luck we'll see you
1: Leave your tips on the table
3: and go boldly